Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Schmodown. I'm Star Wars competitor, Andrew DiMolanta. And I'm Nikki DiMolanta. And uh, we are officially in season one now that we're going over yes. the first studio match. There was the match in New York, Brooklyn, uh, with you know, the triple threat and the undercard. Yeah. We talked about that last week. But now we get to talk about a, a special somebody that we're very, very good friends with now. He calls us, our, um, we're friends with him. He says that <laughs> yeah. we're friends, so I'm going to say that we're friends. Hell yeah. Uh, ben Goddard, no longer Bagel Boy. No. He is Ben the Bandit Goddard. The bandit. Went Long up against the Robert Griffin III. What? RB3. Robert something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that out. We'll leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Butler. Robert Butler. The third. The third. Sorry. Um, was that a football player? Yeah, was a RG. Football player. <laughs> like, that's not the right letter. I had a stroke there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, RB3. And uh, this was a good match. It was. This it was a very really good match. Was. Like, I was expecting it to be like, you know, oh, somebody's going to uh, block somebody. Rookie. Well, no, RB3 is not a rookie, but like. You know, his record's own too. Yeah. Um, but this is a very good match. It was fantastic. I mean, because like we didn't know. We, I kind of knew what to expect out of Goddard because, you know, we watch him on his stream practicing. Mm-hmm. He's like, he knows a lot of stuff. He does. And granted, this, these are old questions and stuff. But like, there are still some hard questions back in the day. Yeah. I mean, I could look back at old things and old matches and yeah, uh, not have no recollection of them asking any of them. So, yeah. you know, it's still impressive unless, he, you know, somebody's just they know the answers and they're just like, Ooh. oh, yeah, <laughs> let me impress everybody. <laughs> Make it look like it's the first time I'm rewatching this. But, yeah. but I know that's not what he's doing. <laughs> he's for he's for real. He's the real deal. Yeah, but before you even got into the match, you got that awesome uh, cut scene with uh, oh, yeah. Grace and uh, Grace uh, and, Kate. and Kate. They're just they're both too good. Grace is just so good at what she oh, does. Yeah. She's so good at, at, at being a heel. And I love the fact that Kate is part of this now because yeah. I love I love her on SEN. She's just yeah. such a good addition. And her like almost like goofy mom persona. Yeah. Like her goofy Boston mom persona. <laughs> <laughs> like contrasting with Grace's like lioness, like yeah, super lady heel. Yeah. It's just, it's a delicious contrast. I love the scene because it's like, oh yeah, no, nobody likes his voice. Mm-hmm. Everybody Everyone hates it. hates it. And she's like, okay, yeah, I'll stop doing it. It's like, no. I want you to do it fucking all the time yeah, just to piss everybody <laughs> off piss all the nerds off yeah, all the nerds in the facebook group <laughs> i wish she would dial it back just a tiny bit i don't <laughs> I, I think she dialed it back enough to where it's not like super annoying but yeah. like it still has that that funny like i don't know like at the draft i was like oh give me more kate <laughs> i love it it was great <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad she's keeping the voice and like i think she got into a, she's gotten to a, a, like a, a level where it's like yeah okay hitting a stride she's hitting her stride with that so that was great and then we're starting to get these previously on on uh, the Shmodown thing that I think Christian was talking about on SCN backstage. You didn't see that? What? They they have a segment now. It's now that Eric's the full time editor, he's he's putting in previously. So if you like you you missed something or oh like if you like we're watching a new Game of Thrones like last week on Game yeah exactly. Oh, okay. I like this because like you know the season's so long and you might forget certain story points. Yeah, true. And now it's I like do. hey, le- previously on sh- on the Shmodown, it's yeah. like oh yeah that they said this or like oh yeah this guy tackled them through a table. Yeah. Or somebody news coming into the show. They don't have to watch everything before. They can just like, oh, previously on Shmodown. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, I get it now. But you absolutely should go back and watch. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a nice little reminder, refresher. Yeah, that's great. So, 
this getting so getting into the match, man. The they both had two perfect rounds. Mm-hmm. Round one, perfect for perfect both round, of them, and plus the bonus. So I was like, oh, this is gonna be a good match. Yeah. Second round is kind of where they both kind of faltered because Goddard had Middle Earth, right? Yeah. And then he um, had to go into multiple choice several times. I don't know about several times. Yeah, like more. It was more than twice. It, I he, thought whether well, there was four questions. Yeah. I thought he like got the first two right. He get, no then, no he got the first one with multiple choice, but he needed to go to multiple choice just to confirm his answer. Oh yeah, with and that then the actor. last two, he went multiple choice again, and one of them was a possible steal. Mm. But uh, I don't think Arbitri got it. No, I don't think he did. Yeah. So the second round wasn't the strongest for either of them because then Arbitri gets uh, fantasy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. Yeah. It didn't really go fully his way, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he was like real close to getting yeah. spiked. Goddard stole. Goddard stole some points in the second round. I think he did. I think he stole one question. Yeah. I just, and I think I think it was multiple choice. Yeah. Because it was that one. I think it was that one that I was like, oh, it's either A or C because both their last names are Baker. Yeah. But my guessing strategy was absolute <laughs> shit because I was wrong and it wasn't <laughs> one of the, the two Bakers. of Stacy or or, uh, or Hermakuga. <laughs> well, because that's what I feel like. Oh, two of the answers have the same last name. They're obviously trying to trip you up. But yeah, I, I, I'm the idiot here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's where the card falls. Uh, the cards fall sometimes. Yeah. So. And I saw somebody in the Facebook group. There was like a, the master post for this match. Yeah. And somebody was like, "Man, that was one of the easiest first rounds I've ever seen." It's like, all right, guess what? Join the Patreon. Get yeah. yourself an audition. Yeah. Get yourself in there. Put your money where your mouth if is. If you're, you know. It'd be that good, and it, and it's not like it's like these two like it's not like Merle going against like you know Ben. the The first round questions in that in the Atlanta match are gonna be tougher because it's yeah. a title match. This is a rookie going up against somebody that has yet to get their first win, so it's yeah. kind of like you gotta like not dumb down the questions, but like give it's, them a chance. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah. It's a different level than than you yeah. would, than we're gonna expect yeah, to see gonna, between Bateman and Merle. Yeah, you're not gonna see haymakers in a yeah, rookie no. match. You, I mean, granted, yeah. Were there half the questions that even I knew? Sure. Sure. But, I mean, what do you expect? You expect them to get, you know, five pointers yeah, for you, every first round question? It's your first, it's the first studio match. You yeah. want to make it good. And it was a good match. And RB3, it's been a while yeah, since he's exactly. competed. And this was Ben's debut. So put your dick away. Like, yeah. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you want to comment, if you want to you know, have comments like that, look at their second rounds. The questions yeah. got harder. And in the third round, harder still. Yeah, the third round questions are like, God, RB3 like, got RB3 some, got kind of dicked by yeah, his, um, his I guess, category. Wow, we're really kind of jumping all over the place going from round <laughs> yeah, to round. But, yeah, so let's stick to, to these comments this person made because it's like, uh, we have, you see these all the time. It's like, oh, what are you just going to give them the match? And these questions are so fucking easy. It's like, dude, sh- you know, I I, got, I think somebody has something to say they want to say about that. Uh, we have Christian want to say something about that? Shut up, stupid. Excellent point. Yeah, exactly. So like <laughs> excellent point. <laughs> playing from from home. Two like, finger toots over here. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, stupid. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's easy to play from home. It's so easy to like you know it's like oh that question was so easy and but it's like so easy to not have lights on you yeah. and you know ten cameras and a whole crowd of people watching you. Yeah. It's so the much cr- easier. The, the crowds don't get me as much as the lights do. The lights are so distracting. Oh, yeah. That's why I imagine. say I would, I would much rather play at a live event. Yeah. Because you can hardly see the audience anyways. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So I've never competed in the Schmodown, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Like how when I used to perform, you know. Go ahead. Give a backstory. Like you, you're you a vocalist. I mean, I've done vocal performances in my day. Mm-hmm. I would much rather perform in front of a large crowd mm-hmm. 
than I would a small, small intimate, intimate crowd, crowd because yeah. it's just like, ooh, it's just, it's it's kind of weird. It's awkward. It it's a lot you. of pressure. and Everyone's just staring right at you. Yeah. But when you're in front of a big crowd, yeah, like you said, you're standing on stage, got a big crowd. The, the lights um, actually help you. It's easier to like uh, distance out. yourself yeah. and yeah, put up a little bit of a barrier and kind of just zone out and get into your own, get inside your own head. Well, no, because that would sound like you're... Yeah, get out of your own head. Yeah, like, I don't know. Just kind of, you know, disengage from the nerves. Yeah. So I totally get what you're saying. I feel like you'd be really nervous walking on stage of a live event. Mm. But once once you get that first question out of the way, it's like, okay, I can yeah. breathe now. But when you're in a studio match, it's it's got to be like that almost the whole, I mean, to an extent, almost the whole time because everyone's like two feet away from you, like yeah. staring at you, like, you yeah. know the it's answer to that question, it's a smaller, Yeah, it's a smaller intimate space. Like, mm-hmm. You can only fit maybe tops 50 people in that room. Yeah. You can crowd 100 in there, but then it's like people are shoulder to oh, shoulder. Oh, God, no. I don't, yeah. But like that, it's, it's, uh, that's why we said the studio matches are such a unique experience because mm-hmm. I, I've always wanted that experience because, you know, being a fan, I want to be at the studio, you know, spin yeah. the wheel and, you know, be on the actual collider set. I'm like, yeah. oh man, I've, I've this is where Roka won the event. Yeah, oh it's my like, God, oh man, right here, awesome. touching well, actually, the no, I think it's a different studio. Oh, well, yeah. at least we can, a girl can dream. <laughs> <laughs> I touch this no, desk, I'm never going to wash my hands again. It's like, I want that experience because, you know, like, you know, it's special. It's a special set. There's so many mm-hmm. memories that I've watched, you know, Jedi Council, Collider, um, uh, Movie Talk. All the Shmodan matches. Everyone like, yelling at Brett that one time that he was like <laughs> sent in there. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that, yeah, that was, that was so like, many memories. It's great to have that, but like I would much rather um, be in front of a, a huge crowd. Yeah, I kind and like of just agree. that energy is—it's different. Uh, it's yeah. so different. I can definitely get uh, what you mean by that. And it's, and also you have you have the announcers staring at you like, hey, idiot, you got five seconds left. <laughs> yeah, like right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, it's like five, four, like, oh god, three. oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, if, if, if you have a, if you're going to comment like that on the Facebook group, just like take a look at the match. It's, you know, it's not two Goliaths going against each other. It's basically two rookies. It was a debut match debut for one match for, yeah. and a comeback for the other. Yeah. Chill. And it's the first match of the year. You want it to be interesting. You want, you want it to be high scoring. So it's, it's like, cause it already has like all this stuff behind it. Like this SEN civil war. Can we yeah. talk about that? Like it, that's yeah. such a great, I think that's why a lot of people uh, or wa- watch this match. Yeah. The last time we looked at it, the the views were like what? How many? Like fourteen thousand or something like that. When we looked at it this morning, it was at fourteen thousand. Yeah, probably was, a little yeah, over. And 14, a lot 000. of that was just SCN people coming in, like, oh, uh, RB three and and uh, the Bagel Boy are going up against each other. And it, not Bagel Boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's also it's it's brilliant because mm-hmm. you know I'm sure there are people that watch Schmodown but maybe don't listen to SCN. Yeah. And there's probably people maybe that listen to SCN but don't watch the Schmodown. Yeah, gonna... And you're hopefully gonna you know cross your beams there. Yeah. And get people into the other one that they're not currently into. Yeah. So. That's that's pretty fun yeah, to think great. about. Yeah, and the hype leading up to this on SDN was like it was great because you know they're both shit there. Talking. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, well, because Winston's great at shit talk. Oh yeah, he's you know he's awesome. Yeah, and then we talk about like the the differences now, like in between rounds. Now we have all the <gasps> managers. Yes, so yes, cool. yes, yes. Because while we were watching it, I commented to Andrew like. Because it was like round one. Okay, round one's over. And then, you know, they would show you the, the angle of the competitors and you see Kate and Grace up there with Ben and you see Winston up there with RB3. End of round two, same shit. And we just looked at each other and we commented like, oh my God, this actually kind of feels like like a boxing, boxing match, match yeah. or, you know, something of that. Do, do they do that in UFC? It's been a while yeah. since I've watched yeah, a fight. They, yeah, they do. But it's like, it, it feels like a fucking sport yeah. because, you know, round one's over, ding, ding, the bell goes. 
you're back in your corner and you got fucking Mickey, you know, putting cold meat on your eye because you got punched. Cut me, <laughs> That's what they do, right? Yeah. It's like that. You know, you're over, you go to your corner and your managers, you know, they're, they're cutting your eye. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so it's so, yeah, it's it feels so cool. Like, it feels like a legit sport now. Yeah. Because now like you have like your managers, like if you're flustered, it's like, calm down, man. You, you know, it's just one question. Mm-hmm. You get, get your head back in the game or the other person's flustered. like, you got them where yeah, you want them. You got them. You got them where you want them. Rock. Yeah, just go for the haymakers. You know, if you want, dial the shit talk. You're in his head. Yeah, it's so it brings in a, a whole other level of strategy now that everybody has a manager, and now you get to talk to your manager in between rounds. It's so fucking cool. Question for you. Yes. What are your thoughts on the fact that if you're in the den, mm-hmm. and you know, no shade to the den, mm-hmm. you're all very so they cool basically people. have two managers. Exactly. I mean, is that really? I mean, I think it's because I know Grace is like officially. I don't know. I forget she's what they like an advisor. A, she's an advisor. So but it's like, well, uh, do other factions get to name an advisor then? Yeah, that's, and that's one thing that I, I actually, that's a great point because I did want to talk about this. It, the fact that they, it, you're kind of at a disadvantage where you're going to get the den because because of you have two managers in mm-hmm. here. I really wish um, that they would say, all right, the den, you, you either have, like, you know, if you're, if Dagnino can't manage me in my match because mm-hmm. you just can't make it, then you de facto to another faction mate to yep. be that manager of the day. Yep. Same thing should be, should be for the den. So if you have Grace and and uh, Kate there the same day, one of them's got to take the only reins. one of them. Only yeah. one of them can go out with you. They can come out with you before your match, but mm-hmm. when in between rounds doing challenges and talking to you mm-hmm. about wheel sizes, only one of them. I think they really need to do that because it's it's, kind of, it's an unfair you advantage. Know. You have two because what if some what happens if if uh, Kate has something to say that mm-hmm. Grace completely missed? Like oh yeah, that's a great point. Oh yeah, I didn't and think they, about that. And they can double up on you and it's like oh yeah, do that, do that. Uh-huh. It's like so. It's either get one of them to manage you, or if somebody else goes up against you, you can have another faction mate come up with you. So then it's yeah, even. like deputize even somebody. The, yeah, even the score, the you know, the odds. Yeah, because I don't want to. You know, I'm I can hear people already. I mm-hmm. feel like somebody somebody out there would be like, but Kate's a rookie manager, you know, so it's not really well. Winston's a rookie manager too. Yeah. How come he didn't get to have somebody up there with him that yeah, knows exactly? Kaiser the was game. a rookie manager last year. Exactly. So and see what he did. You know, it's just kind of, I just kind of thought it, it was. Is a little, it is a little like unfair, I think. And I, I, I would extent, love to yeah. talk to Christian about that or at least message him. It's like, hey, what's your thoughts on this? Because it's kind of, it looks a little unfair Yeah. that Goddard had two people talking to his ear and, Winston, and uh, RB3 only had Winston. Yeah. So that is a great. Because there's no really other faction point. that has like a an advisor, right? Ken, uh, Ken is the, the deputy. Uh, um, but that's not official because I thought I remember Christian saying one time, mm-hmm. you know, Ken's not a manager. Yeah. You know, this person is not a manager. I think it's it's a, a fact that that whole thing, if, you know, because Sam isn't going to be as vo- involved as he would like to be. Mm-hmm. So whenever he's not there, Ken's the Ken's automatic. Ken's probably his go-to guy. Yeah, the go-to. So it's, it's not like, oh, who are we going to have as our manager? But I mean, every faction's got that. I mean, yeah. if Dagnino can't be there, you, I mean, your, voice, well, the, your the, first choices are going to be the uh, the horseman the yeah, other horseman yeah, and, that, and that's the thing it's like you can choose between mm-hmm. I think with the situation with Sam and Ken is Ken's the automatic it's like you don't have to worry about it I can't be there Ken's there for you automatic I guess so I think that's that's what that deputy thing is um, but it's not like official he's not like he's not yeah, he's not at the same whatever official capacity as Grace Grace or Jay Jay's an, uh, an advisor to <gasps> Winston oh so, good point that's yeah. maybe who that's what I was thinking so, of. so I, had the, Jay been there that means maybe. that. Winston and Jake yeah, have gone even up. Even then, I would argue they're not official managers, so they need to step back and let Kate and Winston do their thing. Or if you let them up there, then all the yeah, other man, factions need exactly, to have a have second an in yeah. command too. Exactly. That's a great point that you brought up. So I, I, I think that that's something that needs to come up on backstage and yeah. 
Uh, maybe I'll write that in the chat. Like, yeah. hey, I, I noticed this. We talked about this on our, our show. This needs to be addressed. because Because yeah. guess what, baby? This year is different. This year is different. It's an actual sport now. So mm-hmm. it's like if everybody doesn't get, get an, uh, an advisor, mm-hmm. then, you know, then not, not everybody, uh, then the den shouldn't be the exception. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, 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 Kate wants to have Grace as an advisor. Cool, because yeah. I'm sure plenty of the managers have somebody that they talk to as oh, yeah. an unofficial advisor. And you can you can have them off camera, like before they go up. Exactly. There's nothing against that. But during the match, yeah, you well, should even probably during, have even one during the match. Person. During the match, you can she can Grace can be whispering in Kate's ear. But when it comes time to go up to your competitor, the, yeah. the manager is the only one that talks to them. Yeah. So. Well, because yeah, I'm sure that. Because that's probably going to happen with anybody. Like, you know, all the faction mates are going to probably be there for somebody's match. And then, yeah, like, oh, no, that's not right. Other, they're, yeah. you know, talking to each other. It's like, oh, good, you should challenge But that. you got one manager that helps yeah. you with your challenges. Yes, exactly. Goes up and, you know, you know, pep talks you, you know, yeah. ices your eye in the corner, <laughs> helps you with your spins on the wheel. Yeah, exactly. So. I don't know. I just, I thought that was kind of. That's a very good point because it's a sport now it's a legit sport now we like mm. we're, we're getting a rule book they're they're like we um, <laughs> they're gonna they're the rule book together together they're gonna officially post it to everybody everybody will get an official rule book and yeah. we'll abide by those so it's an unfair advantage I, I i think to have both grace and kate up there at the same yeah. exact time two sets of eyes yeah two sets of eyes two, two s- brains thinking yeah, exactly. thinking thoughts <laughs> All right, so back to the match. <laughs> yeah. That was a great point, though. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so Goddard goes up by what? It's two points? Oh. Yeah, I think he's up by two at the end of the second. After uh, they both went? Yeah, after they both went. Yeah, one or two points. Yeah, I think it's two points. And then RB3 gets unlucky. RB3 got unlucky because he his first, his two-pointer was Romance. Yeah. And then he got, oh, God. Third. I don't remember what his his three pointer was. Yeah. I actually didn't. I usually take notes like a little nerd, yeah. but I didn't actually take. We had notes. a busy week, so we, we yeah. You know, we couldn't. We couldn't get to it. Well, we didn't watch. It's well when we're recording it. Today is Saturday, and yeah. like last night, we would have watched it when it premiered, but we were like at a friend's house. Yeah. Partying and stuff, yeah. but we watched. We it have a life. Morning. We have a left live. We do stuff sometimes. <laughs> I leave the house sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't actually take any notes, but I know that. RB three is two was romance. He got any and he missed it. Yeah, and then he got his three. Yeah. I just don't remember what the category was. Oh oh oh! It was wasn't it like Oscars because it was a Lion yeah, King. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it was the three original songs that had been nominated for Oscars yeah. or whatever. What what why what movie got nominated for three original song? Yeah. for the Oscars yeah. that year. And he got that with yeah. and I was very impressed that he was like <laughs> Lion King. Yeah. Like he didn't even really hesitate. Yeah, that's like thing, damn man. boy. Yeah, and then he, then he misses. Then Goddard gets his two pointer. Goddard got his two pointer, and I honestly uh, don't remember what his category was. God. It was Disney. Oh yeah, because I remember being like, "Oh, Rachel, yeah. make her proud." Yeah. Do you remember what the question was? <sighs> I don't. Don't remember. Fuck. And then poor homework it, this week, guys. Sorry. <laughs> it bounced back to RB three, and he got horror. Yeah, that's a his, tough category. Five pointer. And another interesting point that got brought up in the Facebook group. Oh, yeah. You know, when Grace is talking about making people mad, she was right. So somebody in the Facebook group said that they thought Winston should have challenged mm-hmm. RB3's five pointer because it was like, whatever the question was, like, blah, 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 blah. And I guess the movie was Doctor or Mr. Mm-hmm. And it was like P H I. 
P-E-S or something like that. Yeah. And when Mark read the question, he pronounced it Phoebes or Phoebes. Yeah. Oh, P-H-I-B-E-S. Yeah. And he pronounced it Phoebes. And somebody was like, well, actually, it's not pronounced that way. They didn't say how it actually, maybe it was Phoebes. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But they said that it wasn't pronounced the way that Ellis pronounced it. Yeah. And they were like, well, it's a cult movie kind of thing. You could really throw off a player if you mispronounce the name and the title. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. To that point is there's so many more context clues in the question because they put the year. I think they put the actor in there or something like that. Whatever. Man, we are wildly unprepared. Yeah. Sorry, guys. But like it's... (laughs) There's plenty more context clues in the question. Like, you know, you can break it down. Like, okay, the year that this released, this other thing was here. Also, it's, it's this movie. Uh, he pronounced it wrong, but it's actually pronounced this. So there's plenty of, like, the way the words are, uh, questions are worded, there are plenty of context clues for you to narrow it down and, and, yeah. find, and find that. So I get that complaint, but. Yeah, know. I don't think it really would have made much of a difference. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think he would have. It doesn't, it didn't seem that he would have known it either way. Yeah, Cause yeah. you know how sometimes somebody gets a question and they're like, oh, oh my God, it's right on the tip of my brain kind of thing. Yeah. He didn't seem to yeah, he be reacting he that way. He like shook his head like, I don't know. So, I mean. So, and that's a, seven, a 70s horror. Like it was like 1971. Like and that's like, oh, I don't think that's, and I, I don't think horror is one of his strengths either. Yeah. And also. Did Winston, Winston can't challenge it if he wasn't aware of it. That's how you pronounce it. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's just, it's circumstances. It was just, just kind of, if, if he, if Mark, I don't have fucking know how you pronounce the name of that, I don't know either. you know, but if Mark did pronounce it wrong, Oops. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, if, if Winston didn't know what to challenge it, then it, yeah, know, I just, it's I just bad think, luck. I don't think it would have made any difference. I, I and, don't think it would have. And you, who didn't, who did it say that Goddard would have missed his three and his five? exactly so it, you know just circumstances and just you know i mean maybe had he challenged it they could have thrown the question away and yeah. maybe he would have gotten a new one that he yeah. knew but then again goddard has his two his three and his five yeah and, I, that. and at that point he probably could have won with just his three probably yeah so he would have had two chances to still yeah exactly win. so i mean i don't know i don't it wouldn't have made a difference yeah I, I get the complaint but it is what it is yeah so, it's over. Yeah, I mean, so. pronunciation is just one of those things that it it rears its head sometimes, but it really doesn't make a difference because like there's times where Star Wars questions got asked and um, somebody said Battle of Tanib and it's pronounced in the movie Tanab. Read a book. And and I was like, okay, that's not how you pronounce it, but I still got it. It took yeah. a second, like, wait, what? Oh, Tanab, not Tanib. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, Han or Han. Boba or Baba. Tatooine no, that's or not Tatooine. a thing. <laughs> Boba and Baba is not a thing. <laughs> It's not a thing. I mean, Mark Ellis is the only one that says Baba. <laughs> it's pretty funny though. Yeah. yeah so yeah, the, that's the first studio match. It was a really good match. I oh, was like, and yeah. something else that I was like, "What is happening here?" Yeah. Is when they were let's, you know, since we're doing everything out of order here anyway, we're just jumping all over the damn <laughs> that's place. That's the name of the show. <laughs> we'll go back to the very beginning when everyone was being announced. We noticed oh, that yeah. it's like. Uh, excuse me. Why is aren't people coming out of a curtain right now? <laughs> yeah, that's a little off-putting. Yeah, I was kind of like, oh man, this does. I don't, I don't. Uh. Yeah. But then Andrew brought up a good point that setup time. It's setup time because you know now after the match, you don't have to Drag you know the, the take repeat. the backdrop and yeah. like snake it through the curtains. Yeah, and it just put saves it out and, so know, much time. I, I get why they do they do it. But it it is gonna be weird to like you know oh because really, the curtain is a big piece of the show down you get to yeah, look, you I can mean, like rip it open think you, about guys Dan Merle entrance that would not have had the same oh yeah you 
shoot, the same effect. The yeah. And um, uh, Paul Preston's uh, oh, club yeah. entrance. Not the same without curtain the curtain. necessary. Yeah. So it's... I get it. Yeah. I get, if, it it's, if it's so for like time. Time, set up time where, you know, yeah. when you got to move your, your backdrop into its spot. Yeah. You save... It's like, I yeah, it. It, you save like a minute at most. I get But it. still, like that time... You, there are some times where you go, you go over on shoot times because, yeah. you know, we're still fucking around with the, with the repeater yeah. and the backdrop. But, um... Yeah, and that's one. That's another thing that I think they mentioned on on uh, SCN that like you know we need to really the way that Grace and Kate did it where they walked out in front of the camera and, and the camera's like oh shit I can't see Goddard the way that Winston did it was perfect he walked yeah. out to the side and like gestured like here's RB three and he came out that's I think that's how everybody should do it yeah because they've had problems with people with managers blocking competitors and other faction mates blocking the actual competitor so I think if you do it that way it's it, it's good and I, and I think that's why they actually moved the the, the curtain. So maybe. it just—I think it helps. I'm not sure everything. how much I agree with that, but yeah, I mean, because maybe like, it, it, a lot of times you you can see like if you watch highlights, Dagnino you know, like fully takes the spotlight, and when it's supposed <laughs> to be on he? his competitors, <laughs> of course, and because he's basically in the middle of the shots, like, and it's like Dagnino you know, fucking move. We need to see Ben. <laughs> or we need to see Riley. <laughs> how else is he gonna do a karate kick at the camera? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we have uh, any other talking points about this match other than you know. Great, op- great, op- great studio opener. I think you, you you hook a lot of SCN people with it. Yeah, and you you cross promote both shows mm-hmm. that way. I think it was a great way to, to start off. So, am I in? I'm under the correct understanding that. So now that we know the outcome of of this one. Of, of this match, RB three yeah. and Ben. So RB three will now go against the loser, the loser of Sheridan uh, Sheridan bon- Somerville. Uh, Somerville. I'm gonna yeah. say Bonneville. Bonneville. <laughs> That's a, a, a bike. <laughs> oh, yeah. Triumph Bonneville. And then... I used to work at a, at a uh, motorcycle company. That's why I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, I think we know. We know we, who Ben faces next. Yeah. But is it announced? I don't, actually, I've, I don't, I'm not sure if that's true or not. Because, you know, obviously we get um, spoilers because of, you know, I'm... No, don't even say. (laughs) Don't even, don't even go any further. We don't know what's going to fucking happen. Let's just move (laughs) right along. (laughs) Let's not spoil anything. Yeah, no, but like, so now I I think the winner of of Brett versus uh, Bonnie goes up against Goddard and the losers go up against each other. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. And... If it goes the way we think it it should go with everyone is thinking Bonnie's gonna Bonnie's win. gonna and it's right. So she took she took uh Janine really far. She did. So she knows her stuff. And who the fuck knows what who Sheridan the knows? Fuck knows what <laughs> it's just gonna be him. Like All, it's gonna be great. It's though. gonna be fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's hilarious. I love Brett. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think this uh, uh, that bodes well for uh, RB three if that's the case. You yeah. know, just get his first win. He's such a great because like it's not like he doesn't know. His stuff. It's just he got bad luck in his first couple of matches. Yeah, he really. And, he, and he said he brought up a great point. His first two losses, like me, one point losses, very close Which losses. Stings even harder. It stings like, even harder. That fucking close. Yeah. And Sucks. then you go up against who Ben I think is a rising star. Absolutely. He absolutely knows his shit. And you go up against Goddard, and it's like, oh fuck, I got a third loss on my on my thing. So yeah. get, give him somebody like Sheridan just to bolster his record of a bit, just yeah. get him back in there because it's you know I think he. he but we got, don't know. Brett might come out. And I mean, you don't know. <laughs> but, he might. but yeah, I mean, I think RB3 Sheridan would be good, a good confidence booster for, for RB3 because, you know, he's probably just kicking himself like, fuck, I let it go slip away from me again. Just yeah. give him a confidence booster, get him back in there because plenty of people have come back from 0 and 2 starts. Oh, yeah. 3 and 0 starts. Definitely. Or 0 and 3 starts. 
So yeah, I think that'd be good for, for RB3 to go up against Sheridan. So of course, Winston and RB3 came out with like a bagel or whatever. Yeah. So do we want to like bet each other? I'll bet you like a shot. Uh, <laughs> Well, if uh, whether or not Brett will come out with a cast iron skillet, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's no. I think his name's gonna be the sniper. Oh yeah, you're probably right. So yeah, I, just I mean, I'm funny. looking forward to those matches. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and I know that Christian said that Ben's gimmick was gonna be like stealing, stealing other people's bits. stuff. I can't wait to see if that if it, becomes uh, a thing. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they, they they're still. I think they're they're filming. Matches as we speak. So. <sighs> Jealous. Yeah. Should we live in L.A.? Okay. I, I wish I lived in L.A., but then I'm like, oh, no, I fucking don't. No, we would not have this house, so that's the case. We wouldn't have this house. I'd be paying $10 for gas. Yeah. And, oh, my God. Like, Goddard, he, he tweeted out his movie ticket for Birds of Prey. It was like twenty one ninety five. Oh, The fuck is that? Like, I'm not paying $21 to go see some movie that might be a piece of shit. It's been getting good reviews, but whatever. I mean, it has been getting. Uh, do you know how many LA people probably paid twenty one ninety five to go see Doolittle? Oh yeah, that's no, highway it, robbery. Yeah, five people maybe, <laughs> because but Doolittle didn't do great. Five people too much. <laughs> <laughs> Doolittle didn't do great, but yeah. So I think that was, was a good match. We're looking forward to the other ones, but um, uh, we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we are gonna have two special guests. Yes. On the show, we're gonna have uh, William the Beast. William the Beast, Bibiani. And Brendan, the kid Meyer. Yeah, we're going to have Shazam on the same time. We'll see how that works out with the logistics. But so uh, when we get back, we will have both of them at the desk. And uh, we'll see you. Y'all lucky you get to hear the outro music twice (laughs) in this one. We'll see you in a second, guys. Welcome back, everybody. And on the phone today are two special guests of ours. They were having come on for the first time together. We're going to see how this works out. But we have Brendan the Kid Meyer and William the Beast Bibiani, two parts of Shazam. Welcome to the hey, show, guys. guys. Hello. Hey. <laughs> yeah, so again, we're going to see how this works out because, you know, first time having two people on at once. We're going to try not to talk over each other. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. Um, uh, Just to fir- first uh, start off, I, I think we, we, we're all like, we all know how you all you both gotten into to um, the showdown and gotten into competition. But really, what I want to talk about is how Shazam got together, um, because obviously the free for all got a lot of eyes on both of you. And I think I just want to hear the, the story behind Christian's thought process and bringing you guys together as a team. Well, I can actually uh, the history of Shazam goes back before the free for all. Oh yeah, uh, but in a way that I don't know if everyone even knows about. It. I'm actually not 100 sure if, if Brendan and I have even talked about it. But I remember Brendan's debut match. Uh, I was in the mm-hmm. studio and I was hanging out with Christian watching the match, and we were both kind of impressed. And I mean, it didn't end up going his way, but he was holding himself. He's holding his own really, really well. And I remember in the middle of the match talking to Christian and he was talking about how if the kid wins this match, we should start a faction with him. And (laughs) it it didn't work out, but like the seeds were placed early on for some kind of team up. Um, And then the free for all came around and the kid, you know, kind of proved himself there, like even more so than that original match. And uh, yeah, I think we just kind of got thrust together in the Schmodown narrative and it made perfect sense to, put us together, especially since critically acclaimed had just lost our big title shot. And for whatever reason, we just never quite 
win over with the fans. We weren't a beloved team. So uh, it made sense to make a change. Yeah. And I remember even that first match, Bibbs was very, very supportive. Uh, and yeah, there wasn't even, I didn't even know there was any talk of a faction and there wasn't serious talk, but Bibbs was just super supportive uh, before and after uh, the match. And so, yeah, it was funny that we then wound up teaming up because I, I felt a good rapport with Bibbs that, that day. Nice. nice. So uh, you said that like faction, so was there a point if um, critically claim won the title from, from the tribals that you were just going to bring on Brendan as a third? person to a faction and you guys would still be teams and then you just have this third person along for the ride or was it just it was just like oh you're gonna be a team and then critical claim wasn't gonna be a thing was there ever a, a well, point where that was gonna be ha- gonna happen well here's the thing and christian's talked about this a lot where christian works on a lot of storylines for the show but the matches are completely unscripted so anything can happen. And as a result, there are all of these, you know, if you play video games, all these branching storylines that occur based on whether or not this one interaction, this one game goes a certain way. Um, there had been talk for a bit at the beginning of last season because I was doing rather well. It seemed like I just won like uh, comeback of the year and critically claimed had a title shot coming where there was another alternate branching reality in which critically claimed was team champions. And uh, as a result, we had a little bit more clout and we could maybe push and create our own faction last season in which case i definitely would have wanted the kid in there uh there have been a few conversations about what if this happened but you know it just never actually worked out i do remember once i i was trying to convince christian to let us have a puppet as our manager (laughs) (laughs) i kind of wish that had gone through but you know these things just you have no control over the actual outcome of the matches other than how well you play so there's an alternate reality where critically acclaimed had its own faction. The kid was a part of it. A few other people I had my eye on at the time. And again, our manager would have been like kind of like a creepy Uncle Deadly kind of puppet. <laughs> what was the what was the name of the faction? Mad- be? You, what, what was that? Do you have any idea what the name of the faction would, would it just be critically acclaimed, or would you have like an actual you know, faction actually, name? It's actually a, a faction name that I want to hang on to oh, because okay. there's no faction name quite oh. like it, and then you never know what's gonna happen here. Mm. Oh. You know, for all we know, Koi could get it up like in in like Europe next season, and we have to change something around. And it's always mm. good to have you name ideas in your back pocket for if you have this one. Okay. Mm, spoken like a true I, I'm champ. just still imagining a, I'm imagining a puppet winning manager of the year. <laughs> <laughs> How funny that would be. You imagine Dagnino like arguing with a puppet. Holding <laughs> the slice like in the backstage interview with Jim. The camera work would have to be amazing <laughs> for that to work. <laughs> oh man. Maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so Brendan, like, what were you, what were your thoughts on when Christian first approached you? He was like, "Hey, I want you to team up with Bibbs and and all that happening." Oh, oh, I mean, I was really excited. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was it was uh, my first imp- uh, thought was was twofold because I did all, I didn't want to be the reason why critically acclaimed broke up. I mean, I liked yeah. watching uh, that team, and I thought that was a team that if they'd stuck around longer, definitely would have had another shot at the team's titles. But you know, obviously, I. I think Bibbs is one of the best players in the game so the idea of getting to team up with him especially early on in my career like that just seemed like uh, an amazing opportunity so I was I was thrilled and then once uh, it sounded like everything was okay uh, with Bibbs and Whitney and Christian you know wanted to do this I was uh yeah I was really excited yeah I was really looking forward to it was there any kind of like intimidation factor that went along with this like you're sitting next to one of these legends of the game um, competing against other great teams 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was never intimidated. I mean, Bibbs never made me feel intimidated or made me feel like I was the lesser partner or anything like that. But uh, I did enough of that on my own. No, <laughs> uh, no, no. Bibbs never, never intimidated, made me feel comfortable. But no, certainly those first couple of matches. I mean, I always felt like, especially the first, probably the first three or so, I, I, I just was so worried that we were going to lose. And it was just going to be because I wasn't ready or because I made a silly mistake or or, or whatever. Uh, and I, you know, I didn't want to let Bibbs down and, and, and I didn't want to let anybody down. So I really wanted to do a good job and never make a silly mistake. And I always felt like I could play really well, but I've had a couple of matches and singles where, you know, I just haven't gotten the right questions or I got a tough second round or something. And, and, and so I was afraid that was going to happen in a key moment in teams, but, uh, thankfully it, it never really happened, which was yeah. good. You know, I, I was, I was nervous too getting started because, uh, you know, when you go, we, we didn't just start a new team. We had a storyline, like we were building yeah. up right to the creation of Shazam. So if we, in our like first match, got knocked out or something like <laughs> yeah. boy would that have been a real letdown for everybody like not just us mm-hmm. but, um so you know there was there was pressure in those first couple of matches uh the first one we ended up getting a knockout feeling pretty good but then like it was right into the team's tournament and every single team we faced was a top tier yeah team mm-hmm. and it was always a close match i think there was only like maybe only one match we did in the entire tournament where both teams didn't have to answer their five like it was pretty crazy yeah. so like there was a lot of pressure it was a lot of pressure yeah so one thing i've been curious about is how you guys came up with a name i don't know if it was you guys or if it was maybe christian or something but how the name shazam came to fruition and who and why and how Brandon, how do you remember this one? Well, I remember we were hit, we were batting around a couple of different ideas, and was it was it Brianne Chandler that came up with the idea? It was, I remember you're the one that suggested it to me, but was it somebody else's idea? Originally? You know, I honestly don't recall. When when we ever we have to do like name stuff, on <laughs> a back and forth, and a million different ideas, and you know, the name of your faction or your name of your team can really help define the identity of your team. Mm-hmm. So every time you have a new idea for a name, you're also reconsidering like how you're going to interact, how you're going to play. So it's yeah, because you have to kind of bring that into the pre-interviews and the post and all that stuff. Yeah, it actually does sound like something Brianne might have suggested. I, yeah, I, 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 I definitely sounds like I might be able to find it, but I don't recall. Yeah, that. yeah, I definitely remember you suggested it and said, "Hey, here's a, here's a thought," and and we both really really liked it. But my memory is that someone else suggested, it, and I think it was her, but I don't I don't know. Mm. Well, I really liked the idea because um, I feel like the idea of Shazam as like a character. Um, is very aspirational. But one of the things that kind of frustrated me about the movie, which I actually really love that movie, um, but one of the things I did find frustrating about it was at the end, when everybody becomes their ideal selves, they're always the physical ideal. And that's something that struck me as a, a little frustrating because I don't think that that's always necessarily the healthiest viewpoint. I am not you know, the ideal, you know, people's most attractive man of the year physical specimen. But I do think that aspiring to knowledge, that that is something that we can maybe promote. So I like the idea of a a title that suggests sort of the ultimate aspiration, but then it's me and the kid and we're just guys. 
We're just, you know, yeah. two people who love movies and study a lot. And that's good. That is in and of itself something to aspire to. Yeah. And you, you mentioned before that, that, that uh, critically acclaimed really never won the fans over. Um, did you see that? Because I, I think I saw this immediate like love for Shazam when they when they first when you guys first debuted, and you just, you just like they, they talked about the time winning the fan. I can't remember the term is is the winning the winning the crowd over or something like that. And re, it's a wrestling term. Did you see that immediate oh, uh, like getting did, over? Yeah, getting over. Like did you, yeah, yeah. Did you, did you yeah. see that immediate like response from the fans? Because I, I certainly did. Because when you first like putting you two together, it's like all those personalities melt so well, yeah, both just character so well. wise and story wise. Everything just sort of like. Like fell into place. Like the story um, felt right, the team felt right, and the knowledge base felt right. Did you see that immediate like win over um, from anybody? Well, I, I don't think it was immediate, but I think it was pretty fast. And I think the reason why it was fast is because Christian did a really good job building up to it. It wasn't just all of a sudden the kid and I are a team. We actually right. did some groundwork. We saw some interactivity. We saw that we could be fun together on camera. We had already established that we both have a really good knowledge base. So the idea of us teaming up was, I think potentially, unfortunately it worked out pretty good, you know, a winning combination. Um, so I think it was, I think it was how we were introduced. I think it was how it was dramatized. Um, we didn't rush it. You know, we actually let it play out over a couple of months. And I think by the time, we finally got to be in a team together. We not only had a team, we also had kind of an established rapport. And I think people were just sort of invested in what sort of new flavor this team could bring to the match. Because critically acclaimed, we started off as being a bit heelish, a bit cocky, and we kind of already had that. But we didn't have these, like, super nice guy teams. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, and... And I think looking at the fan reaction, I think it was good because I think there were there were a lot of people who were fans of critically acclaimed. Uh, and, and so I do think that easing people into it and slowly sort of developing me in that way was really helpful in that people were kind of ready for it. And it didn't feel super abrupt and sudden. And it just felt like a natural progression of the storyline. Um, so I think that helped us out a lot uh, as far as people kind of embracing Shazam quickly, because it didn't just feel like one day Christian was just like, snap, yeah. it's different, you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to be uh, clarify something because although we've obviously moved on, uh, I'm still really proud of everything we did with critically acclaimed. And I think the thing that kept critically acclaimed from going over with the fans wasn't so much, you know, the partnership of me and Whitney. I think it was every single time critically acclaimed got on like a streak, something happened. Yeah, mm, like, bad there, luck. Bad luck in a tournament, or like one time we were on like a really hot winning streak, and we actually had a pretty direct line to uh, the uh, like the the team championship. And then what happened was anarchy. We had to get split up for half a year, so we never oh, had yeah. momentum. It just never happened, and that happens sometimes. It's unfortunate. I do think that team could have done really, really well. But I'm actually really excited, not just for the future of me and Brendan, but you know, as you, as you probably heard. Uh, Whitney has teamed up with Alonzo Duralde, and yeah. I think that's a potentially really great team, and I look forward mm -hmm. to seeing what they can do together because I think that's, that's a really good idea. Yeah, and um, something yeah. else that I want to break off and talk about now is um, we can't can't not talk to Bibiani and Shazam and not talk about entrances. Yeah. I mean, this is something that, <laughs> Bibiani, you strive to, yeah. to impress everybody with your entrances every every year, and you're always up for that entrance of the, of the year award at the, um, at the awards. Um, what goes into the thought process of like, all right, what, what can we try next? And like, oh, that is this too crazy or is this too off the wall um, to, to do? And will the fans get it? What, what are the, the thought process on, on your entrances uh, as far as they go? 
Well, I mean, I'm always thinking about it. Um, I really, really like the entrance part of the show, as I've said before, because it's an opportunity for the players to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something we actually have. We can put our own personality on it. You know, they can't really, they can tell us something is impractical or for whatever logistical reason it can't be done, but they're usually very accommodating. Um, I like it because it gets the audience hyped up in an unexpected way. It's not just going in like, yeah, look at how cool I am. It's, <laughs> Also an opportunity, and this is something I try to do with almost all my entrances, is to remind people that the movie trivia showdown isn't just about, you know, competition. It is also about movies. So I try to do movie references as much as I can. So a lot of the movie references that I try to put in uh, my entrances, whether it's teams or singles, and to be fair, Brennan has a lot of input on the team's entrances. Um yeah, I, I want to make sure it's instantly recognizable. I want to make sure we're playing with it in sort of an unexpected way. Um, sometimes budget is a serious factor. There's a lot of ideas that I've had that didn't come together the way I wanted them to because I didn't have money or couldn't afford good costumes or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's some ideas I've almost permanently vetoed because I don't think I'll ever have enough money. Um, space is a factor. Like You can do things in the studio. You can't do live and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Although uh, for live shows, Christian really prefers you know just crowd play because it's a different environment, and I totally get that. Um, so there's a lot of thought that goes into it. I have this huge file of like possible. <laughs> That's amazing. To do. Um, and I sometimes try to tailor them to our opponents, but um, usually it's just a matter of what would be funny. Yeah. And, and I always enjoy doing the, the movie references stuff too, because I, I agree with uh, what Bib says. It's, it's fun to, to celebrate movies as well uh, when, when you're doing the entrances and things like that. That's what I've always enjoyed in ours and other people entrances too. It's, it's really fun when somebody comes out and you, you kind of instantly realize what they're, what they're referencing. It's, it's fun because most people who watch it are, you know, big fans of movies. So we'll get those kinds of things. Yeah. I always wondered if you guys have ever slipped like an obscure movie reference into something that maybe goes over a lot of people's heads. Cause I know that Viviana, you made, uh, this might not be obscure, but I'm pretty sure at spectacular spectacular, you made like a Willy Wonka reference about the suspense. And I feel like a lot of people, like somebody in the Facebook group was like, Oh wow, that went over so many people's heads. And I was always wondering like, have you ever just injected some, something really obscure and like nobody picks up on it. Well, I mean, Growl Growl comes from an anime series that nobody ever talks about. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I just kind of just stole that from uh, from a what's the, what's the name of that show? It's something Kirby. I can't remember. I can't. We 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 can't remember it over here. It's it's really really bears. Um. So. Yeah, it's. I think. I think it's. It's about. It's actually a a very uh, uh, strongly uh, uh, LGBTQ series about oh, nice. uh, bears for infiltrating a high school, and um, oh. it's, it's very very odd. I just cannot feel like I'm bears. Fun, and it's just dude, there are all these like people in like. Just in like little bear ears and bear gloves, and they're bears, and they'll keep saying things like, Yes, we must eat all the humans, growl, growl. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I that didn't was know really, that. really funny. So I just, I started awesome. just including it. Um, so there's a, there's obscure stuff here and there. I try not to make the overall entrances mega obscure, although every once in a while I find out that they are without me realizing it. Like, mm. I think, 
some people thought my Monty Python entrance with the sword was from something completely different. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, when you yeah, run up and I stab just, somebody. I Huh. <laughs> the, name of the, show, thank you. the name of the show is Yurikuma Arashi. Oh. So that's where El Growl originally comes from. Oh. It's just a, a weird quote from that's a weird obscure, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah, like, I so, always I, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed your entrances. I, I, like, my favorite of last year was the, the Love Actually reference. It was just yeah. so yeah. creative. It was so unique. It's so simple. So simple. And, like, and sometimes, the execution. Yeah, sometimes the simple things are like, the best things ever. Um, yeah. So no, that, yeah, that, and then there was that great Star Wars bit in there too. With the course, oh, it becomes like the course and rough thing was great. So, I agree, oh yeah, yeah, of course. That that entrance and a lot of our entrances in both of the tournaments stemmed from we had to do multiple matches a day, and I I I try not to jinx myself by like planning a bunch of entrances ahead. So I didn't want I so I just threw everything into whatever the next entrance was and then oh no we won I have to come up with another one and I'm running even lower on so the uh, the love actually thing was get a like a five dollar boombox at Goodwill and get boards and staples and um, I actually wrote because I, I wanted to start off with the actual love actually uh, quotes and then I was realizing this is just going on a while I need to fill that in with something and so like i came up with the this the sand bit like that morning. <laughs> and of course and i need to give all the credit in the world uh to my wife and partner michelle who in addition to helping me come up with a lot of cool ideas um and helping me study and all these wonderful things she's also an extremely talented artist she's a professional artist and so whenever i do anything like that like she was the one who actually made all those boards legible because i don't know if you've seen yeah. my your handwriting is pretty legible. It's better than mine. <laughs> but I will say that... Uh, uh, they're all better than mine. Everyone's <laughs> handwriting is better than mine. Yeah, but I will say that keep those entrances coming. I don't know if you've heard. I've been in talk with, with uh, the now full-time editor, uh, Nerd Chronic. I will be helping mm -hmm. out. So, oh, great. So oh, cool. now I think you, you can say no idea will be too crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. so well, that is actually... Uh, we will be in touch. <laughs> you have my contact now. Because <laughs> uh, I have ideas, and I and I really I got to tell you something, man. I know we were competing against each other. I yeah. still cannot believe you lost singles entrance in the yeah, year. I, I, from my understanding, I think I came in third because who was it? The guy with the um, oh, it was oh my gosh, it was Greg the, Alba. Um, Greg Alba, yeah, I think Greg Alba lost by eleven votes, and then I was, I might have been Greg somewhere Alba in the third. Basically peed himself in front of like an entire autumn. He did literally, but like he, he, you got to give credit for that. You yeah. just got to, although I will say that it is pretty funny that John Rocco won best singles entrance for a team's entrance. Yes. Yes. yes that yeah, is... I know someone brought that up. Uh, was it on backstage that it came out? I, did, I, it was, I think it was backstage. It yeah. A couple weeks after the award. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, <laughs> mind blown. Oh right? yeah. I guess that's right. <laughs> we yeah. need to it, it was entirely structured like a singles entrance. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you don't think about it too hard, but then you're just like, technically that should have been in teams. Really it absolutely it should have. It was yeah. like the um when Stacy's partner was revealed, same same diff. Same really. Diff, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have been yeah. funny if then Dan would have won won it as well, because technically it was teams at yeah. the yeah. year and you know, Dan helps sell the drama there. I mean, yeah. That's that's true actually. That's he, true. he was integral to making that entrance work. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. That's actually very true. That's actually very true. Yeah, and I, and I get why. I mean, because like it's, it's sort of like when I when I was there, and I was like, oh, I get it. It's a brand name versus you know this rookie that you know happened to have all these means available to him. Um, but yeah, so I, I get it, and you know I, we have something great planned for my next match. We got ideas. We got ideas. 
So I'm very excited about your next match. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. And again, you know, you got to remember that the Schmodown, with not the competition bit, but all the other stuff, it is kind of a popularity contest. You yeah. only got to play like two matches, I think, last season. Yeah, only two. And yeah, we'll, and like, the, my first match, barely anybody watched open. it anyway. So, yeah. Oh, and you're Well, <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure that you have to have that uh, people are pissed you were snubbed. So you have to get that uh, yeah. that uh, consensus building <laughs> to do to win for sure next year. Yeah, <laughs> unless you guys have something great planned. So it'll, it'll be fun. It'll, it'll be fun well, to see. It would be really ironic is if you help us win this year. Hey, I'll, oh I'll, I'll if, if, if I help if I help with several people's entrances and one of them ends up winning, I'll be happy. We all win. It's just appreciation <laughs> for my work is always, always fun. Um, so let me, yeah. yeah, I'm going to shift gears and talk about the, uh, the New York, New York event now. Um, just seeing sure. like, um, the, your guys' reaction to that and, you know, going into this, cause I, you know, watching backstage, uh, Brendan, you said that you each picked, uh, a strength of your teammates <laughs> so you wouldn't have to waste <laughs> yeah. that, that, um, uh, what is it? The 007 role. The, or, yeah. The Mike Kalinowski role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're in a unique yeah. position, uh, to, uh, you know, sort of take advantage of that rule and there's a slight loophole and we were just like, well, why not? Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, they tell us we can't do that. So we figured we'd try and we did. And That's legit. Seems like it. Yeah, it's legit. You, there's no, yeah, no rules mean, against it. So why not? Yeah. And I also feel like one of the things about the strategy is that the only reason I was in the match is that Bibbs used his number one contender shot. Right. So it, it is still Bibbs using his own what he's gained to his advantage right so mm-hmm. it's not it, it, you know it, it, it was really you know i thought it was really smart that bib sort of utilized the number one contender shot once he would kind of earned you know enough uh to get there on his own in singles to kind of use that so that he could take advantage of these different types of rules and we could do it together i thought it was great so it's, all, you know, it's interesting it really uh, how watching the reactions of that match and how people were just like you know, why is, why is Bibbs only focused on Dan? And it's because originally this match was going to be between me and Dan. And yeah. one of the reasons I was really excited to bring Brendan in was because, you know, Dan is arguably the most formidable opponent in singles right now. And in fact, I think that's just safe to say. And yeah. <laughs> I, like, I'd already faced him once. Didn't go my way. I was doing fine. I got screwed over in the betting round it was what it was. Uh, but I was like, I have an opportunity here to throw in as many X factors into a Dan match as I can. So in addition to bringing in, uh, the kid and a part of me was like, if I lose, but the kid wins, at least it's a win for the faction. So that's good. Um, but you know, in a three way match, you get more opportunities, uh, for steals and didn't quite work out that way because each person playing only missed one question and I'm the only person who like gave up a steal. So (laughs) annoying. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was all basically just part of a concerted plan to take advantage of the situation as best we could, while also being within the spirit of the game, within the rules, uh, playing as fairly as we can within a team's, match so i wanted to win i know brendan wanted to win but i also know that if i lost i preferred brendan to win of course course. yeah and that's i mean obviously the same (laughs) even though i love dan too obviously no and you listen you went fair and square like there's no animosity towards dan dan and we're all cool i actually ended up going out to to eat with dan afterwards and we're we're, everything's like fine but like 
Oh, you I know. mean, it's nothing to do with Dan. It would have been the case if we were playing literally anybody else, we would have wanted yeah. each other to win. But it, it was, uh, I, I will say that, I think, and I think it's fair to say that that was one of the most intense matches because we were all pushing each other. Oh, yeah. And, mm. and also the game as far as it could go. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that briefly is how like this, and this might bleed into our next conversation, like this new era is exactly what it entails. Like we can see and feel this shift with not only competitors, but fans, mm-hmm. faction mates, like everybody's playing differently now, and you can see that in the motion of the of the match. Like everybody's getting heated because we. You're not only playing for yourself now; you're playing for your entire team. You're playing for nine of the people that, mm. that are on your roster. So, do you see and feel that in in this match? Well, in this match in particular, because um, if one of here's the deal: if one of our number, me or Brendan. Had won that match, it would have been a big win for the team. If we both lost the match, it's not a good start for the faction for the season. So it felt like there was a lot of pressure. The other thing is that, and this is you know something Brad Gilmore brought up on the Snowdown Rundown. You know, you've got Ben Bateman over there in Dan's corner, and that's something that's kind of dangerous because if you know he played Dan in the singles match, and of course he will. That's just a win-win for their faction. Mm-hmm. They'll mm-hmm. stay faction either way. They get the points either way. I think you get points just for playing in a title shot. Thanks so that's so. like double the point yeah, right you there. Get, you get a point for so. losing the title, I think. I don't know yeah, about that. that so. yeah. It said it on the website. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's just the point for playing it. But yeah. Like, yeah. You know, but regardless, like they're they've got all the advantages in a lot of ways. Yeah. You've got all the threat. Even if one of us had won, that's still a loss for our faction. So there was a lot of intensity there. But the thing I keep thinking about is something um, uh, Brandon was telling me, and I'll let him uh, describe it. But, you know, a lot of people were talking about, oh, was Bibbs acting like a heel or was he acting like a face with healer's tendencies? And Brandon brought up something really valuable, which is that, you know, if we're going to take the matches seriously, we can't be laser focused on our characters in the middle of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, you said it, it's just hard because the more and more, yeah, I think the more and more you get into these kinds of number one contender matches, title matches, tournament finals, it, it, you just, it's very hard to uh, not play. Uh, and it, and it doesn't necessarily mean by any means possible to win. I mean, there's certainly a line and there's certainly things that I wouldn't do to win a match, but, but using whatever means you can to win, right? And so sometimes in the moment, yeah, you can't think, and it's the same thing with wrestling. I mean, I'm, you know, I, 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 I get why it works so well with wrestling, but it's a slightly different thing because, you know, for instance, like a guy like, uh, you know, John Cena is a really popular wrestler. He's never going to be put in a position where he has to like, you know, use a low blow to win or something like that, right? That's just not the way wrestling is done. Yeah. So it, it gets a little more nuanced when it comes to the showdown when you get, you know, a, uh, and it's like, you know, I watch tennis all the time and sometimes, you know, you'll watch someone who seems like a really, really nice guy or is a nice guy, like a Federer or something, but he'll still get, you know, he'll still get a little mad at the line judge every now and then, or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's all part yeah. of the strategy, right? It's when you're in those high, high tense situations. It's because we're all taking it really, really seriously. And in the heat right. of the moment, especially when there's a live crowd, right. um, you know, it, things get tense and we can't edit around how tense they get or anything. So you're just going to see, how much we care. And sometimes when you're all in that really intense moment, you know, it doesn't look as friendly as it really is deep down. I mean, we do all love each other. Yeah. 
you know, it's interesting with the challenges too. Like I'm interested to see how that continues to develop this season because, you know, sometimes you challenge something and, and, and it seems like everyone goes, oh, well, that was a silly challenge. Yet there's so many things that people have challenged in the moment. I thought, why are they challenging that? And then they'll get it right. You know, so you just never know. It's so it's so hard. Everything comes down to very tricky little things. So you never know what's the right thing to challenge or not, because I can tell you, I've been on the sidelines and thought, why are they challenging that? And then all of a sudden they, you know, they get awarded it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Got to, got to throw your hat in the ring. You never know when it's going <laughs> to pay off. Sometimes, sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so um, let's talk about, talk about, again, this is the new era. And we, we've talked about briefly how mm-hmm. everybody's like playing differently. Where do you see this going? Like um, with teams now and like, like you said, everybody's playing differently. Like where do you see this ultimately ending up? and evolving the Schmodown? Um, well, I mean, I think that, like, I think you're going to see, like, a higher sense of, of competition for sure. I think it's going to take probably a couple of months, right, for, for um, the leaderboard to kind of take shape, yeah. you know, and then we'll see kind of who got out to an early lead, who who's kind of trailing. And then I think, yeah, you're going to see a real uh, – heightened intensity of people really feeling like, oh man, like I'm, I'm in second. And if we win this, we'll move to first or, oh, we're, you know, we're way behind. We need to go on a win streak. And so I do think it's just going to add a whole nother layer. It's not just going to be, oh, I want to win for my own record or I want to win for my own, you know, team or, or faction in this sort of, um, it used to be like, oh, I want to win for my faction, but it was more of an emotional thing. Now there's literally a point system. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. And there's all these little rules, too. Like, it's it's more points if you TKO someone. So now even making sure you keep a match close is potentially going to be important. So I'm really interested to see how uh, how it develops once the leaderboard really takes shape after, you know, a couple of months of matches. Yeah, I agree. We're going to start seeing, because, again, there's nine factions right now, and only so many can be in a strong, comfortable lead. So I th- I, I agree. I think in about four to six months we're going to start seeing certain factions start making some desperation moves it'll be interesting to see how trades or uh teams get re you know shifted around in order to try to take advantage of and turn the tables in the second half of the year i also think that uh, the first wave of uh, of matches is going to be even more important than ever. You know, we're used to seeing the beginning of a Schmodown season be a little rookie centric. You know, we have a few title matches, but a lot of it is we're seeing new teams, new players, seeing how they uh, perform. And I think the real danger in previous seasons was if a rookie doesn't perform well in their first one or two matches, they just might not come back. But mm-hmm. here, if they don't perform well, they're part of a faction. They're taking up a mm. that their faction might think to themselves, do I need to like trade them or get rid of them? Do I need to pair them up with someone new? Um, and we're seeing yeah. that in teams. There's only, I think, six teams right now that have any record. Man. Yeah, that's true. All the records are neutralized. It's just zeros and zeros, except for whoever, like Founding Fathers, Corruption, The Family, Shazam, and uh, Odd Couple, and Who's the Boss? Yeah, all the protected mm-hmm. teams. And, and technically, the real rejects. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, they're the one team that <laughs> mystically happened. Technically, they have they have a negative record, but by God, they have one. Um, <laughs> it's a good point, though. Uh, but, no, I was just I didn't even think about it before. But as you were talking it out, I was like, oh, you know what? The real rejects keep their record. So technically, well, they people, are another team. 
I, I remember, uh, 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 yeah, no, and that's that's actually really fun. But um, <laughs> but yeah, there's so many people out there, like I was just mentioning before, Whitney and Alonzo Duralde, that's a potential top-tier team. They're zero and zero. Mm-hmm. And they're going up another potential top-tier team oh, right oh, yeah. back. Tom and Paul. Yeah. Tom and Paul. Both of those teams, I'm confident that on a good day, could get to a championship match just based off the knowledge I know they all have individually. Mm-hmm. But we're going to see yeah. who pairs up together well. And it's one of those things where the real tragedy is both of those teams, which are potential top-tier teams, after their first match, one of them is going to have a negative record. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, that's really going to shape things along. So I think don't yeah. discount the first part of the season because – a lot of people are in a position where they have to prove themselves individually and as a team to their faction to prove their overall value over the course of the season. Right. And I think the thing too, that I've even noticed in some of the talk between managers and stuff is, is now your manager is going to help you get matches. Like it's almost going to be on your manager to call Christian or whoever and, and, and say like, Hey, you know, this person hasn't played in a couple months. I got to get him in here. I got to, you know, it's funny. That's going to be another layer of of oh we will hey we I want my person to play this person or so that's going to be really interesting to see um, what managers can do because kind of like you're saying if someone loses their first match in their own one or something as a single or as their teams I think it will be on the manager to say to Christian hey give him another shot like when when are they getting another match but you know and it's going to be interesting to see that a lot of that won't make it onto this show but it, it will be happening yeah well I think it will get onto the show in a way that uh, maybe isn't necessarily obvious like. We've had Coy as our manager for one match, and we did a lot of talking with him in the couple of weeks leading up to it and the weeks that followed. Yeah. But even in that one match, I really – I felt more prepared for that Dan Merle match than I had at any other like live event in particular. Um, I felt confident. He's a really excellent manager. He takes care of all the details. He does us – he runs drills like ahead of time and categories and like <laughs> strong in. That's something I've had a couple of managers, but I've never had a hands-on manager before. And I think a lot of people are going to discover, depending on who their manager is, that their game can be significantly improved or that their managers can be significantly improved. And we'll see (laughs) who ends up being, you know, putting in the most effort, putting in the most work, and then not just putting together a team, but making sure that that team or faction is operating at the height of their powers. And I think that's a huge season. Because, because uh, yeah, Koi, I think, has been exactly who we needed, just like as Shazam and stuff. But but he's doing a great job of pulling the whole faction together and creating this sort of unity. And, and that's uh, that's awesome. That's great. So, well, I can't wait to see what Shazam has in store for entrances and coming up matches. And just both of you, um, I know, like, that first loss is kind of stinging. But, like, you know, I can't wait to see you guys jump in at possibly the singles tournament this season. So a lot of great things happening um, in the Shmodown. So I think we're going to wrap it up. Um, here for this episode. Um, so I just thank wanna... you, thank you for having us on. Oh yeah, thank thanks you for, for being, being on. I just wanted to let you guys give an opportunity to, to plug anything you want. Um, so just uh, start with uh, Bibiani. Where can we? Uh, where and what can we find online uh, for you? Okay, well, uh, right now I write a lot of movie reviews for TheRap.com. Uh, I also sometimes write stuff for BloodyDisgusting.com. Uh, but the majority of my work online can be found at the critically acclaimed network, which is available on Apple Podcasts and a bunch of other uh, podcast feeds. That is a whole uh, sort of clutch of podcast content. We have critically acclaimed where we review new releases. Uh, we've got we've got mail. 
uh, which is a podcast for our listeners to listen in and ask questions and control the conversation. And that can be really informative and fun. We got canceled too soon where we review TV shows that lasted one season or less. We have an upcoming Star Wars podcast. We're going to get started Ooh. the next couple of weeks. If you need a it's guest, I know episodes. a guy. <laughs> What's it called? <laughs> This one's called Episode Zero, and uh, it is all about the movies that influenced Star Wars, not so much Star Wars itself. Oh, fun. Yeah, which is something that I've, I've seen like articles about it, but I've never really seen like a deep dive podcast about that. So we're going to use yeah. Star Wars as a tool to teach people about cinema history. And after we feel like we've run through the majority of the major films that influence Star Wars, we'll move on to another film and talk about the influences of that. Cool. I think it's a really neat idea. I'm looking forward that's, to it. Awesome. And beyond oh. that, uh, also, we have the Critically Acclaimed Network on Patreon, patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. Uh, where we have a ton of exclusive content, including original uh, downloadable commentary tracks, uh, podcasts where we review every single episode of Star Trek in production order, podcasts where we review every single film ever nominated for Best Picture in chronological order, uh, and a ton of other cool stuff besides. And of course, I'm on Twitter at William Bibiani. <laughs> Brendan, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm on Twitter, uh, Brendan KJ Meyer on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah. Anything that we should Plug be your look, movie. yeah we, anything oh, right. we should look out course. for you? Yes, no, yes. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Of course, no. Well, I actually am uh, uh, currently in a movie called Color Out of Space, uh, which is playing, I think, in most most uh, states, at least somewhere. Uh, nice. I know it's expanding, but it's out in New York and LA right now, and I know it's it's out in a lot of other places too. So check your. <laughs> I was going to say check your local listings. <laughs> check your local movie. Check your local movie app. But yeah, Color Out of Space is really fun. Uh, movie that I got to be a part of that I'm really proud of. So yeah, excellent, excellent. Nikki Dumonta, where can they find you online? Um, I do things on Twitter, and I'm at Dimmy D I M M M Y Y Y. As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew DiMolanta, D-I-M-A-L-A-N-T-A. You can find this podcast on our YouTube channel. Just go to videosbyandrew.com. Going to be starting a new Star Wars segment this coming week, so make sure you tune into that to see what, what's going on with that. Mm. So if you love Star Wars, come join me on um, our YouTube channel, videosbyandrew.com. And also check out our Patreon page at uh, patreon.com forward slash Andrew and Nikki. That's N-I-C-K-I. Um, we post uh, exclusive content just for our patrons for that. And... Um, yeah, so go and help us um, support our channel and our podcast um, just by joining our Patreon and become a member of the Squadron. So as we close it out here on Beyond the Shmodon, thank you so much to our guests, uh, William the Beast Babiani and Brendan the Kidmire. Thank you so much for joining us. And for everybody else joining us on this podcast, we will see you next time.